Good morning, church. Hi there, my name's Jenny, and it's such a pleasure to bring to you what is now our final encouragement from the Psalms this summer. I'm really pleased to be able to encourage you. And if you have a Bible with you this morning, then please open up to Psalm 130. But don't worry, it'll come up on the screen also if you don't have one. I love the Psalms, and it's probably the book of the Bible I turn to the most often. And I think one of the reasons why I and so many other people love the Psalms is because many of them put into words and give expression to our emotions. They give us the words to say when we don't have them and the words to pray when we don't know how to. And because the Psalms, though written by man, are inspired by God, they lead our emotions in the right direction. Emotions can be misleading. I've learned this the hard way. And my emotions, our emotions, need to be shaped by God and by scripture, because they do this by instructing our hearts and minds. And we see a picture of this in Psalm 130. We're gonna journey with the psalmist as they go from the depths of sin to the heights of redemption, as he reminds himself of the gospel. Let's read it together. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all of their sins. I don't know the circumstances of the psalmist that led him into the depths, but the following verses speak of the forgiveness of sin. When we sin, it is good and godly to recognise conviction and that the emotions that that brings up for us, like guilt and shame, but not for long. We can learn from the psalmist here as he turns to the Lord in repentance and asks for mercy. We see here an expression and deep desire for God not just to hear his cry, but be attentive to him and his cry for mercy. And these verses remind me of Isaiah 55, which says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. When we, like the psalmist, cry out to God for mercy from the depths. The amazing news is that he is near. He will be found when we seek him. And when we, as the Isaiah writes, forsake our wicked ways and unrighteous thoughts and turn in repentance towards him, he will have mercy on us, for our God is merciful. The psalm continues. It says, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Out of his cry for mercy, he remembers forgiveness 
and that God is the one that forgives. The place the psalmist finds himself really reminded me of the months leading up to me becoming a Christian and being baptised. When I witnessed my very selfish and reckless behaviour, like a domino effect, hurt the people around me that I loved and cared about. I remember feeling really lonely as those relationships broke down and I started tagging along with my parents to their church on Sundays. And I'd sit there feeling so sorry for myself and I'd go forward for prayer at the end and just cry because I couldn't quite place and work out these emotions of guilt and shame that I felt. And I was encouraged to read the Gospel of John and as I did, I realised and understood that it was God that I needed to come through to through Jesus. I had to acknowledge that I needed his forgiveness for how I treated others and when I did, peace came and I knew I was right with him and that he was real. Without forgiveness from God, the best we can do is accept things, try and forget our wrongdoings and move on and then maybe try really, really hard not to do them again. And doing this doesn't seem incorrect. Sometimes it feels like it's a good thing to do. But forgiveness from God is way more liberating than this. And the cross of Jesus Christ, upon which the sins of the world were placed completely, is way more powerful than this. Our sin requires punishment from a holy God. And the price was paid in full when Jesus Christ died, was crucified on the cross. So that when we repent and place our faith in him, we are freely pardoned. Our sins aren't just moved on from, they're washed away. This is the grace of God. We all need forgiveness. We need it today, we'll need it tomorrow. And whether today or tomorrow, living a life of faith and receiving mercy for each day liberates us from the crippling effects of shame and guilt so that we can turn from our old ways, abandon them completely for a higher way found in service and love to God. The psalm continues, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Historically, watchmen were appointed to stand watch and guard the walls of a city from enemies at night. The psalmist likens waiting upon the Lord to watchmen waiting for the dawn of a new day. What a beautiful metaphor to describe our longing for God. And if patience is something you find difficult, firstly, join the club. And don't stop asking for God, the Lord to give you more of this fruit of the Spirit. The command to wait is found throughout the Psalms and elsewhere in the Bible. And I'll share with you some examples. In Hosea 12, it says, wait for the Lord continually. And in the Psalms, yes, wait for the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, Blessed are all those who long for him. James 5, be patient until the coming of the Lord. And final example, Galatians 5 says, For we through the Spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness. And waiting may look different for many of us. I got married last year, which was awesome. But marriage has been something that I hoped for for many years. And there were times where that was really easy and enjoyable and I thought, oh, maybe singleness is my preference. But there were times where it was difficult and painful also. And looking back, I remember 
that the Lord blessed me during that time by very clearly asking me to be patient. When I'd pray or read the Bible, I just know in my spirit, he's asking me to wait. And I didn't really know what I was waiting for. I didn't know if someone like Gareth, wonderful as he is, was waiting just around the corner, or whether I was about to become even greaterly content in my singleness. What I was waiting for was God and his will. That's what I truly longed for. And through this, he taught me that he was in control, that he knew what was right for me more than I did. And that's why these scriptures that we read about patience and waiting are way more comforting than we realize, as it is the Lord we must put our hope and wait for. We will always be waiting this side of heaven, waiting for wisdom in the unknown, an answer to prayer, resolution in a difficult situation, or a loved one to come to Jesus. We must remember his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He is working in our waiting and his timing is always perfect. We wait patiently for the fulfillment of his promises here on earth and we wait for his return to make all things new. And like the watchman waiting for the morning, we know he will come. We just have to be awake and wait. Things change here in the final two verses of the psalm and we see the psalmist as he is lifted out of the depths, declaring his revelation for what God has done for him. He says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love and with, love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. He's saying, this isn't just for me, this is for everyone. There isn't just hope for me, there's hope for everyone. And there's not just unfailing love for me, there's unfailing love for everyone. The joy of redemption belongs to all who repent and put their faith in God. And with the revelation of God's heart towards us and his mercy, we should worship and declare to others, like the psalmist does here, put your hope in the Lord. His love will not fail you. And this is the invitation the world needs today. And the reminder we Christians need also. Put your hope in no one and nothing but the Lord. Lift up your life each day to him in prayer. Commune with him. Trust him and be watchful for him. Read the Bible for he's moving powerfully, redeeming what is broken and preparing his church for his return. So there we have, we've gone from the depths of sin to the heights of redemption. And it's a journey that every Christian has walked. Isabel Kuhn, a missionary for the China Inland Mission in the 1930s, wrote a beautiful account of her journey to faith in her book, By Searching. She described walking half-heartedly with the Lord as walking upon the misty flats, the misty flats, and the description has always really stayed with me. She describes the misty flats as an in-between level place of easy going, nothing very good attempted, yet nothing bad either, where, no where nothing can be clearly seen, as the in-betweeners drift to and fro, wherever the strongest pull takes them. But there is a highway God is inviting us upon. He's calling us upwards to redemption and hope and wholeness, service to him and relationship with himself. And we can decide which way we want to go. 
And maybe you have a decision to make this morning. Are you walking upon the misty flats? There's an invitation for you this morning to respond to the Lord's call to be increasingly devoted to him and walk upon the heights. Would you like prayer for patience or forgiveness in relationship to, relation to a particular situation? Our church has an amazing prayer team and they're here this morning and they would love to pray for you.